Hello, and welcome to the Global Voices podcast, your weekly dose of global news and local voices. Your host today is Arzu, regional editor for South Caucasus and Turkey at Global Voices. I'm speaking to you today from Istanbul, Turkey. In each episode, insiders from our community share what news matters more in their communities and how they build their stories out of the local context. On today's podcast, we bring you stories from Georgia, the country, and the South Caucasus. Specifically, we're going to talk about the findings of a recent research project called Defeating Gender Inequality, implemented by the Disruption Network Lab in partnership with the Regional Development Hub Caucasus. The project, funded by the German Federal Foreign Office, aims to strengthen civil society cooperation to advance gender equality and female participation across all spheres of life in Georgia, which I assume is no easy task. To talk about the report, joining me today on this podcast are Maya Talakadze and Yekaterine Khot-Sitashvili, both authors of the recent study. And I apologize in advance if I misread your names. Maya is a director of Regional Development Hub Caucasus and brings in years of experience working on media development and more recently on gender issues in Georgia. Yekaterina previously worked for the permanent mission of Georgia to the UN and throughout her career focused on human rights, gender inequality, and other pertinent issues prior to her work at the UN. Yekaterina worked at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Georgia, holding various positions. Welcome on our podcast, Maya and Yekaterina. Hello, Arzo. Thanks. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Also joining us today is freelance journalist Emmy Thum. I hope I pronounced the last name right from Germany. Currently, Emmy is enrolled in a master's program studying journalism and communication sciences. In September, Emmy was on a research trip in Spilisi, the capital of Georgia, where she took part in a program of the Civil Society Foundation and worked on an article about structures against domestic violence in Georgia. A warm welcome to you too, Emmy. Thank you. Hello. Now, with no further ado, I would like to first start with this report you are soon to publish, Maya and Yekaterina. From our previous conversations we had ahead of this podcast, Maya, you mentioned that the idea for this research came to you during the pandemic. Can you tell us a bit more how it happened exactly? What made you decide? Over to you, Maya. Thank you, Arzo, and thanks for this, organizing this podcast. Uh, yes, uh, as, uh, as we have already talked about this, uh, the idea came uh, to us, uh, to our DH caucuses, and also with Disruption Network Lab, that we wanted to do something for the women who were uh, who became um, victims uh, in that per- difficult period of time since they were at home. It it was not um, a problem only for Georgia. Uh, it was a problem like global problem for uh, many women who be, who became like they had to stay at home with the, the perpetrators of domestic violence. Uh, this was the period, uh, it was the autumn uh, 2021 when we decided to apply for this grant program and before we have conducted together with Disruption Network Lab two different projects on absolutely different topic, 
that was connected to uh, polarization and uh, media diversity in Georgia. But that was the time in 2021 when we decided to work for most acute issue that was uh, identified during the pandemic. Um, that was, uh, I would assess it, a good choice and a good idea and a good start of cooperation in this regard. Thank you, Maya. This is uh, fascinating. And I absolutely agree that, yes, indeed, issues that women specifically faced um, during the pandemic uh, were quite visible, not only in Georgia or South Caucasus, but across the world. Now, a follow-up question to both of you, Maya and Yekaterina. What were the two most important findings of the report? I mean, I remember um, reading it, uh, looking at some of the findings that you've shared with us, you know, you know, there were many things, but for me, what stood out, there were a few items, and I'm, I'm wondering if they align with yours. I, I remember femicide numbers, I remember research that was done on sexual harassment at work. What, for you, were the most important findings? Do they overlap with what we thought was quite interesting? So we, at the very beginning, from the outset, we have identified four main directions, and therefore we worked in details in these four directions, and all of the findings and recommendations are coming from that four. Uh, I would uh, say uh, these four directions, and then Ekaterina will continue about the main findings uh, in these uh, directions. First of all, we, I, we decided to work on sexual harassment at work because recently Georgia uh, adapted some legislation towards this kind of uh, issue and uh, we wanted to assess uh, what was uh, on place in practice. So first one was sexual harassment at work, second one was domestic violence, uh, third one uh, economic uh, state um, of women in Georgia and also their as the last one also their political participation. Uh, so, as Maya mentioned, during the research, we were focused on four main directions, and uh, in, in, in four of the directions, we found uh, main developments, uh, positive and negative ones, at uh, uh, legislative and at operational levels. So, as regards, to, I, I will start with the sexual harassment in the workplace and briefly um, evaluate the situation right now. Uh, the, currently, the legal framework and the existing mechanisms in Georgia provide protection for victims of sexual harassment, uh, and uh, but the rate of sexual harassment appeals it's, it's still low. Uh, so we tried to uh, uh, carry out the uh, interviews, kind of uh, um, uh, questionnaires. We organized the questionnaires and sent to the uh, all the ministries in, in Georgia, and uh, we had an opportunity to evaluate the situation in the public se service of Georgia. Uh, and uh, according to the research, uh, there are several institutions, uh, five, only five ministries out of 12 ministries in Georgia, who have already interna uh, introduced internal sexual harassment complaint mechanisms in place. And um, several of them are in the process of implementation. So two ministries, uh, Ministry of Internal Affairs and Ministry of Education, are in process of uh, implementation, uh, internal complaint sexual harassment mechanisms and uh, interesting was also that um uh, even though the only five ministers uh, in only for only 
prime ministers, this mechanism uh, is operational. I found out that uh, only two cases were reported in only one ministry. So it means that even though the ministries uh, work, uh, work hard to inform the employees about their rights and the, about the existing mechanisms, uh, their reporting rate is still low. And uh, it was only um, 2020 uh, years of uh, information and only two cases were all right so um Yekaterina, there were a, a, f- a few things i wanted to um follow up on and i guess to me one of the most interesting things that stood out from from the the breakdown of the research that you just shared was the rate of reporting being low um, in case of sexual harassment at workplaces, whether it's ministries or within, um, you know, private sector. And I was wondering um, whether it's because it's something that was introduced very recently, as in this being kind of new uh, regulation and women perhaps didn't feel comfortable enough, or is it because uh, women think that, these measures may not be helpful uh, to them? Or is it just something else? Is it maybe part of the culture? Um, Do you think you've heard or maybe came across of interesting examples of why they weren't using it? Um, It would be great to hear your perspective on that. So uh, the, there were several reasons. Uh, the first, uh, um, and uh, I mean, uh, the the first and most important was that uh, um, is that. Uh, um, in some agencies, there are not internal mechanisms on the prevention and, and response to sexual harassment. In all institutions, should be interested in this thing. And as regards the um, uh, examples, some of them uh, they don't feel comfortable because of the fact that uh, uh, their reputation will be um, negatively pursued by the society. And uh, when we held the interviews with the with the women, um, we just found found out that there is an awareness about, for example, in case of sexual harassment mechanism in the workplace, uh, it was, they were aware of this mechanism in, uh, in some cases where the mechanism was available at, at, in the workplace, but they were hesitant because of the uh, because of the opinion of the colleagues and, uh, because, and uh, because of the future opportunities for career uh, promotion and etc. So, um there are kind of several reasons they were they responded to our questionnaires uh, um, in case of sexual harassment and if i uh, if i can specify in case of domestic violence and uh, opportunities to apply for shelters for the uh, victims of domestic violence or potential victims of violence they think that um, uh, they are not strong enough to to use this opportunity and they are still uh, uh, think of the opinion of society and how this their activity and their decision will be perceived by the uh, society so um, it's kind of um, um, situation when the law gives them then them opportunities to to protect their rights but uh, because of the 
societal pressure. Society, yes, societal pressure. They they do not. I mean, enjoy their rights. That's very that's very interesting. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for yes. for. Can I add here also one thing? Um, also, when when we were uh, assessing the information that we got from the public institutions, and we need to highlight here that uh, our research were, was not uh, like the scope of our research, as I have mentioned from the very beginning, was not uh, very big because it was um, like short period of time. And also the scope of it was like, the whole uh, scope was not um, very very big but uh, I would say that uh, it, it, it uh, still it was like um, possible to 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 find out the most important uh, principles and most important um, acute challenges, I would say. When we got the information from the institutions, we found out that those agencies who are uh, making um, uh, continuation of the training programs and awareness raising campaigns, so those those two, as Ekaterina mentioned, those two uh, uh, complaints in the workplace regarding sexual harassment were identified on in these agencies where they give and deliver uh, trainings and they give uh, kind of raising awareness campaigns. So uh, this gave us insight to think that uh, these kind of um, campaigns and these kind of uh, trainings really work and this might um, have uh, influence on uh, the perception of women on their rights uh, execution of their rights etc etc and what I wanted to highlight once again was that uh, yes we have uh, considered those um, uh, information and those uh, um, uh, reports that have already been published by other organizations and other state institutions connected to private sector, but we have only um, considered these facts of sexual harassment on work in the public institutions, and it does not cover, for example, all of the private enterprises or business sector or something. But uh, we, we choose this part because it is most important part, because of its nature, that you are working in a public institution that is funded by the government, by the state um, budget, and the uh, most acute uh, problem uh, connected to sexual harassment um, would be that part and not uh, private enterprises. But there might be like uh, numbers of sexual sexual harassment also in private sector as well. Sure. Thanks. Sure. Thank you. Thank you, Maya. Um, I mean, I would I would like to turn to you now, Emily. You know, you you heard what what uh, Maya and and Yekaterina had to share, and you recently visited Georgia, and you published this really great um, story, albeit on a very depressing um, topic of femicides. Um, so what was, you know, during your trip to Georgia, during the time that you spent there um, doing research for the story, what was the most striking theme that you discovered or um, some of the um, narratives that you've discovered uh, while on the assignment and how much of that actually overlaps with what you've already heard uh, from Maya and Nikatinina? Uh, thank you in advance. Um, actually, 
a lot of things overlap with what uh, Maya and Ekaterina said, because uh, in the interviews I did with lawyers and uh, women who run women's shelters, for example, or activists, um, they also mentioned some of those problematics exactly. And um, I think one most striking theme was um, that the mentality was mentioned, that there still is some kind of structural thinking um, in, family, in familiar structures and some kind of patriarchal mindset that many people still have and which makes it very hard for women to tell their own truth and to seek justice. And it kind of goes into one other theme, which is... Um, that the uh, problem of gender sensitivity in courts were mentioned very often, like that there are good laws which have been implemented, but they remain unenforced many times and women remain under huge pressure to pursue what, what bad things have done, have been done to them. But since there is not much sensitivity in court about these new laws and about this new topics it's many times very hard for them to pursue justice in the end and I think that were striking themes which I discovered when when talking to people and also I found very interesting um, I mean next to the main findings the findings about domestic violence that the Maya and Ekaterina mentioned that they think it's a great lack of opportunity to seek shelter. If you are a woman in Georgia who has suffered violence or domestic violence, and um, I also uh, had that impression when I talked to several different um, shelters and and heard about how long the waiting lists are to, to get a space for a long-term stay to have the chance to recover from what happened. And I mean, that is just talking about violence and experiencing uh, this and not about femicides and I think regarding that um, I can just say that my my impression of my my research which uh, which was also focusing on that is that the patriarchal mindset which still remains although there are many positive changes and still going on many positive changes is still very very broad and very common which which leads to um situations like that and to um to dependence and and violent uh, relations which sometimes lead to lead to that although i also heard that since 2014 especially where many activists um started to raise awareness for this topic in georgia after many femicides happened um, the situation and especially the public awareness has raised as well. Thank you for sharing those um, those those narratives, those those examples. You know what really stood out from what you said um, was the fact about having a waiting list, um, even to get into the shelters. The fact that there is a waiting list, it also I guess is indicative of the fact that there are so many cases of um, abuse and, and violence against women, that these um, women um, are seeking shelter uh, to protect themselves and uh, likely their children as well. Um, thank you once again for, for that. So, you know, having 
listen to three of you, um, you know, it looks like there has been significant progress in addressing gender equality and equality in Georgia, but that it's not enough. You know, there are laws, um, there are new regulations, there are new um, mechanisms in place, uh, but still there are some gaps, there are some challenges, um, and of course, um, this um, uh, mentality, uh, the, the, the issue of mentality, which isn't just um, specific to Georgia, we were seeing it all across the Southern Caucasus, uh, that, you know, it also uh, proves uh, an obstacle. So what do you think is missing? Uh, Maya, you mentioned earlier in our correspondence and our discussions ahead of this podcast that films and literature were used as storytelling tools. How effective these have been and what else uh, should be done, could be done? And uh, Yekaterina, also, you know, if you could, you know, after after Maya, Maya shares her experience or, or her thoughts, you know, if there's anything you would like to add on top of that, perhaps you could share a few recommendations to civil society organizations in Georgia and perhaps state institutions, too. So over to you, Maya, if you could um, share with us um, your thoughts on films and literature as a storytelling mechanism, as storytelling tools. So when we uh, started uh, working on the scope of the project uh, defeating gender inequality in Georgia, uh, we were thinking about uh, the uh, activities. What what can we do within the project uh, in order to uh, face all the challenges that we had and uh, uh, storytelling mechanism like uh, um, uh, lit- feminist literature and movie screening was identified one of the activities to uh, to, to to cover in the project and why do we did why did we do that it, the main um, reason is that uh, actually the whole uh, problem the whole challenge of gender uh, inequality is much more deeper and much more bigger than law can do anything in it so as we have already mentioned a couple of times there are some improvements there are some laws recent regulations that uh, tries to somehow improve the processes but still the situation is uh, remains uh, remains almost the same I don't talk about uh, political participation that uh, the number uh, increases but st- remains still very low. Uh, we we put um, uh, these activities in the project uh, to give some insights to women to work on uh, on themselves. So me personally, I'm also a woman and we are here, all of us are women. And I think that uh, it uh, met, of course matters what kind of regulations and what kind of laws uh, d- 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 does the country provide to its citizens but we need to work ourselves on ourselves we need to think more we need to do more to empower each other and these kind of uh, possibilities like literature and films give us insights how to 
be stronger, how to be um, more powerful. I would uh, give you one example, actually, do, well, why it was actually my idea to put some literature part in the uh, whole project, because I do remember one period of my life when it was not very good uh, period, I would assess it, uh, kind of, kind of um, so-called weak period uh, in terms of emotionally, in, the, in terms of um, uh, social sta status. I I don't know, not not very good period, and I happened to be um, uh, to remove uh, to replace house and to re to to move in a flat where uh, there was a lot of books, and I do remember how reading uh, and how specific literature connected to kind of feminist li literature did help me to to feel better and to feel empowered. So uh, I do not say that this is a kind of um, uh, magic that uh, you read something and you became stronger or you became, I don't know, uh, more powerful, but uh, it helps you a lot. It gives you insights, and it 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 helps uh, people. Uh, these kind of things, not only reading, not only literature, but other other things that um, uh, really help uh, to have uh, the, our opinions, our attitude towards some towards something, and our position and our willingness to defend ourselves, to use our rights. So I think that uh, this has like if if we are, when we are talking about the issue that is much more bigger and much more multifaceted than it is just one problem connected to policy. Uh, it, it, we need to work uh, directly with the, with, with the people to work, it, to, to work uh, together, to communicate to each other, to empower each other and uh, to, to give them insight and to be insightful to do something that will help us uh, to be more strengthened and more powerful so that's why we have decided to have these two parts and i have to say that this uh this literature nights and movie screening had a very good um, feedback from the participants and they encouraged us to continue this kind of uh, issue this kind of uh, uh, activities uh, also in future so this was uh, that uh, I wanted to say that uh, um, if, if I sum, sum it up uh, even though there is uh, legislation there is policy and it even though it is executed uh, well or not there is still some room that we ourselves women needs to do need to do and to work on ourselves and we need some cultural things that would have influence also on mentality uh, as you mentioned are also on society's point of view and etc etc so this was the main reason why we decided to have it and i think that it had a positive uh, influence on uh, georgian society at least on the participants who participated in in these events and uh, in terms of recommendation i would give the floor to Ekaterina. Before uh, Yekaterina takes over, I would like to just say one thing to uh, one of the things that you mentioned, Maya, this this moment of weakness that you that you uh, noted. I wouldn't call it a um, period of weakness. I would call it a period of self-reflection and self-learning uh, because I, I'd rather not 
you know, describe these moments as weaknesses. I think it's just a way uh, for us to to learn and discover more about ourselves and, and what we can do. Uh, over to you, Yekaterina. Uh, thank you, Arzu. I just, at the, the, uh, the um, issue of the uh, what is needed and what is the what is the, what is the like in this process. Um, as I uh, as we uh, did the research, we found out that the communication strategy uh, carried out by the government uh, works well and it's uh, it's regular and it's obligatory. But still, uh, I I need to agree that with Maya that we had to directly work with the people here in Georgia by means of. Uh, culture, literature, movies. So uh, we need to use other means of communication because uh, uh, it's uh, the communication carried out by the government is the other side. And uh, uh, the the other way that the means of culture and the, the, the literature works well and we should, and civil society should be focused on this direction more. And should I just uh, move on to the recommendations or can I? Uh, perhaps not like list all of the recommendations, but maybe just, yes. just the ones that you think are important. Maybe focus on just three for the sake of time. And uh, yes, yeah. um, yes, mainly with what I have already mentioned is that the, the information campaign in terms of uh, elimination violence against women, because we need to, in, and we already mentioned that we need to intensify the women's awareness on existing services, on existing prevention, preventive mechanisms, uh, and including referral of potential victims to shelters and uh, um, by law enforcement agencies. And uh, as regards this actual harassment in the workplace, uh, we also need uh, in, in the agency we are mechanism uh, already exists we also need to implement awareness raising campaigns to encourage victim reporting so for the encouragement we need the awareness campaigns and in regards to the strengthening economic out opportunities for women uh, in this case also the raising awareness is a problem and uh, we need to encourage them and um, to apply for existing economic programs and motivate potential female applicants and it is important to conduct more information campaigns and uh, yes and uh, so it's at the level of information campaigns and at the regulatory level indeed in the framework of the existing state economic programs it is important to pay attention to such areas where more women are involved and where more women are uh, educated and uh, uh, with, the, with the strong abilities to just to, to start business and to be involved in the entrepreneurial process. Thank you so much. I think this um, awareness raising information campaigns, you know, I've I've been working on the region, covering the region for more than 10 years. And I remember back at the time when I've just started uh, doing journalism, I was working on actually on a research project that focused on gender equality, except it was focused on Azerbaijan. And I remember there were so many local civil society organizations that talked about importance of awareness raising. And so it's really kind of incredible to me that, you know, decades later, we're still talking about importance of um, awareness raising. Um, and I think that speaks to how deep uh, this this these issues are in our society. So thank you for for bringing that up and 
kind of also showing that information campaigns and awareness raising is important on all levels, not just on the, on a certain on a certain level. Now, I would like to turn to Emily, um, and I would like to 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 hear your thoughts about any of the solutions or ways forward um, that were suggested on the podcast. You know, what are your thoughts based on the time that you spent in Georgia, based on your research that you did? Um, any anything else um, as, in addition to um, campaigning, awareness raising, and whatnot? What comes to mind when I think about this question is, um, to me, was um, to me, it was mentioned very often that education and also awareness raising is also extremely important to to move forward when when addressing gender inequality in Georgia, and that it has to start very early, like in kindergarten age. was was mentioned to me from, for example, one human rights lawyer I I talked to, and she actually started a show for children on YouTube to explain them what what laws there are and how they even can use them as children. So um, it stood out to me that it's very important to, to create some kind of new prevention methods and mechanisms which start in, in kindergarten and school age. So a new generation can be raised with different different mentality and different um, understandings of, of equality and how important that is. And another thing maybe um, when I think about it is that law has to be accessible in, a, in an easy way so that it's understandable to everybody, especially also people without higher education or in rural areas where also maybe it's not that easy to, to get information and to to meet people who can explain things and explain the variety of ways that exist or the mechanism that that are and maybe where even the infrastructure is a different one than, for example, in bigger cities than uh, than Tbilisi. Um, and those two things stood really out to me. And um, I think as, as a way forward, everything of this together has to be like a multidisciplinary approach which is needed to to address the whole society and to make it possible to to move on and make every everybody who is part of the society part of this process to um to face the problematic at first and then to change and to accept that everybody has to change to um to be more aware and to then eradicate gender inequality. Thank you so much, Emmy. And I apologize for for saying Emily when I was asking the question the first time and uh, just 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 now. Um, you know, I, you. I I I uh, totally agree with you on um, early education and introducing these issues as early as possible. Um, I think that's that's extremely needed um, and what's missing. Uh, again, not only in the context of Georgia, but in the context of all the Southern Caucasus countries, but probably the the region wider geography as well. And I really liked what you said about um, the law being accessible in a language that's understood by you know folks who don't necessarily have higher education or don't necessarily have lawyers who can explain it to them. 
Um, and of course, you know, again, uh, multidisciplinary approach is definitely the way forward. Now, let me thank you, Maya, Ekaterina, and Emmy for joining us on Global Voices Podcast. We look forward to reading the report uh, and sharing it with our audience when it's out. Do we have an approximate timeline on when you think the report will be coming out, Maya? Yes, sure. Uh, the pro- uh, report will be published in March, uh, early beginning, uh, and will be accessible uh, online as well. That's great news. We look forward to reading it. Well, in that case, thank you once again. And also thank you to our listeners for tuning in.